Welcome to The Press Office with Kate and Co-PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, a publicist here at Kate & Co PR. And if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to The Press Office with Kate & Co PR. In today's episode, I am chatting to Leon Shergren, who is the executive producer at Fifi, Fev and Nick, which is on Melbourne's Fox FM. It was really interesting chatting to Leon on how the major radio stations work with publicists, and he also has some really tangible advice on what exactly to pitch to producers and how to best go about it. As always, if you love the episode, please subscribe, rate and share via Instagram. Now, let's get on to the interview. Hello, Leon, and thank you for coming on to the press office with Kate and Co-PR. I'm so excited to chat to you today. And before we get into it, do you mind quickly introducing yourself, what you do in life, and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, by the way. My name's Leon. I'm the executive producer of the Fox Different Breakfast Show, Fifi Fever Nick. And I have been working at the radio station with the company SCA for, I think, 13, 14 years. Like, it was my first main job out of of uni and I've stuck with them, moved for a few radio shows and different stations within the company. But yeah, I've been on this show for oh, four and a bit years now, I think. So a lot of early mornings. Yeah, that's me. Wow. And what made you want to get into a career in radio to begin with? I've always always had a fascination with radio. Like I used to listen to it all the time in the car with mum and dad when they were sort of driving or at home, I'd have it on as well. And when I was like 16, I looked into community radio and did it at SIN, which is the Student Youth Network in Melbourne, and sort of volunteered and just did some stuff with radio around there and that sort of piqued my interest and I met some friends that were sort of doing other radio shows and that worked within the industry and I kind of just through networking through that found my way into Fox FM as a street teamer so I was driving around the promotional cars giving out free cans of coke and like footballs and ice breaks and whatever it was uh, and also panelling some of the night shows so pressing the buttons for some of the shows that were sort of sent in from different studios around Australia and uh, yeah kind of just sort of worked my way up just put my hand up for every opportunity and ask questions and hung around the studio till I knew everyone and sort of worked my way up through there. So you never had to do the whole regional move to get into radio as I know that's often the way that people need to get in. Uh, yeah, no, I am very lucky. I, like I did do a, a little bit. I did six weeks, I think it was maybe, in rural Wangaratta, north of Victoria and I was lucky because my grandparents lived there as well. So I'd do the work there and then go stay with my grandparents. So after six weeks, I was kind of a bit sick of that. <laughs> but that was just sort of a placement as a bit of, you know, on the on the job learning and yeah learn a heap, a heap out of that but at the same time I think I was lucky enough to get in through Fox FM quite early and just sort of you know persistence and put my hand up for everything I could and yeah sort of lucky enough through that way but yeah a lot of people do have to go regionally before getting a sort of gig in Metro yeah yeah I recently did a radio and podcasting course and that's why I ask because they're like if you ever want to work in radio you need to move to the middle of nowhere and I was like mm, I don't know if I can do that look it is good sometimes 
sometimes, but there's also a, it's not the only way to do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so now you're an executive producer. What exactly do you do and what does a typical day look like for you? Good question. I do a lot of different things. There's so many strings to my bow, but essentially the role of the executive producer in the show is just you're overseeing everything. I've got a team of producers, sort of content producers, digital producers, audio producers working with me. And the role is just to make sure everything is working. So I'm making sure we've got all the guests booked in at certain times. Is the research been done for that? Coming up with ideas for promotional stuff, looking for content ideas and briefing them through with our talent, making sure the show sounds good, you know, audio wise, whether it's we're promoting the right things or it was a funny bit that we want to use to promote the next day's show. Looking at digital stuff with our digital producer to make sure it's the right tone if we have to get any promotional uh, sort of goals kicked across. Dealing with the talent directly, you know, ideas, talking them through how the break might work, coming with ideas for the show as well. It's just, yeah, everything. I see it as a lot of those plates spinning and I'm just going to keep all those plates constantly spinning. So yeah, always, always on. But I think a, a typical day for us, it kind of starts the day before. So, you know, late afternoon and evening, we've got a WhatsApp group where we'll um, send through ideas for the show. So we've seen stuff that's happening in the news and any maybe guests we want to chase. You know, for example, if, you know, last week there was a news reporter that was in the middle of the protest, Paul Dowsley, that was sort of making a lot of headlines. If we saw that this afternoon, would we chase him and try and track him down to come on the show the next day? So we sort of send through those ideas and then the next morning uh, we're in this, the station about quarter to five in the morning, which never gets, I'd never get used to it. <laughs> like there's a, not enough coffee in the world to help that. And, um, you know, once you're in there, it, it's fine, but it's the initial wake up, which is a shock. <laughs> but um, once you're in there, it's sort of going through the news again, making sure there's no sort of stories that have broken overnight that we want to follow up on. And then putting that show together and um, we have a show meeting before the show starts with everyone. And the, when the guys come in, Fifa and Nick, just getting them across everything. Do we want any, you know, audio grabs for it? Do you want to find any research or um, interview questions or, and then once the show starts, it's, yeah, it's full steam ahead and, and the show's always changing as well. You know, things pop up and news breaks during the show, which we'll always try and jump on, um, especially if it's a local Melbourne topic because we're a super local show. Yeah. And then after the show, have another meeting, just look at the next day and see what we want to put in there and, and then sort of go through any guests that have been offered to us or, you know, sort of news stories that week we should be looking at and how we're going to cover it. And then after that, it's back to sort of playing the show and looking at stuff and then getting back to emails and having brainstorms for sort of um, promotions we've got coming up and usually find a nap in the afternoon and then back to it. So it's a busy, it's a busy day. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you had a nap and what time do you have to wake up every morning? That sounds awful to me. That's my worst nightmare. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. My alarm goes off just before 4am and I usually have about a five to 10 minutes, usually about a 10 minute snooze because I like to wake up and then know I've got at least 10 minutes to sort of just lay there and sort of, you know, and usually I try and fall back asleep and it wakes me up and I'm out then but yeah so um, just after four o'clock but yeah and I do nap like I used to try and resist it and maybe do one or two lockdown has just gone well there's nothing else to do so it's really it's really I'm really enjoying the naps but then sometimes I find if I nap I can't get to sleep that night so it's that weird cycle of I'm exhausted but I don't like going to bed early so I kind of push through yeah I thought your body would kind of get used to it after a while but it doesn't seem like it does I think the body's like when the sun's up be awake but I'm like one of those people that like I can't go to bed early so I just think about all the people outside having fun <laughs> just like there's no way no and I guess you know a lot of your day when I guess the show isn't on, is to do with planning. How does a publicist 
work into your planning phase and what are you looking for when it comes to a pitch? Is it just talent or are there other ways we can get coverage with you guys? No, there's absolutely, it doesn't always have to be talent. I think for us, for a breakfast show especially, we're a three-hour show, so it's a lot of, you know, content to fill. And especially these days when it's, you know, hard to find stories because everything's just COVID. Talent, sometimes guests, you know, for a pitch are great. Um, but sometimes it's just, hey, here's something that's coming up. Here's a few ideas about, you know, whether it's an event or the product or whatever it is, because you'll never know what sort of ticks over in one of our um, hosts' minds of like, you know, if it's a new flavor of chips coming out, you know, maybe Fifi is a huge fan of this chip that's, you know, coming back. Uh, I think In a Biscuit came back recently and, you know, it's a good one that the guys were excited about that. So there's little things that could be just news of something coming back or something happening that the guys might have a, an idea or a thought on, or even as a producer like I feel like I know my guys pretty back to front especially FIFA we've worked together on a few different shows but I'll, I'll know how she reacts to things and how Fev reacts to things so sometimes a pitch of just you know this is happening I'll go oh FIFA will have a good angle on that let's put that in the show or I'll ask FIFA if there's anything she can do with it and same with, with guests sometimes they work sometimes they don't it just depends as well if they want to play if in the zone of our guys as well so sometimes you can have a guest come in and they're just like alright I'm just here to talk about this and that's fair because that's the, their job but then it's good to try and find a mix of you know if they are coming in to talk about let's say in a biscuit coming back they can reminisce and have some ideas and talk about that sort of stuff and rather than just sort of sell 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 they can kind of blend in and have fun within that as well. I love that example that you used around the chips idea because that makes me think of some of the products that we work with as well and working with I guess your on-air talent and how that could look like so I think that's a really great example because often we do fall into oh we don't have talent to work with so who's going to speak about it yeah exactly and sometimes it can all just end up being the day or the week because sometimes we're just jam-packed with something for the week or sometimes it's a day where we're like there is nothing around oh there was that story about that let's talk about that or it just the show is so ever-changing and we're you know this morning for example a few stories sort of fell through and then we're like all right great we're gonna find more content so we're going back looking around going what else can we cover in the show so it's always good to have those you know ideas that are sent to us and and banked up that we we sort of have a we call it the content guide and it's just every idea we sort of send through just we have it on the page ready to go and if we're ever short we're like oh where's the let's have a look through there and have a look and pick out something for the guys yeah so it's, it's always handy content's tough these days <laughs> i know everything is so covid and lockdown related and i think we're well and truly over it here in melbourne oh uh, absolutely 100 percent. yeah and when looking at talent is there anything in particular that you're looking for when booking a guest Oh, look, if it's, you know, an A-lister like Channing Tatum or, you know, Taylor Swift, absolutely we'll take them. But um, not necessarily. I think for us, again, anyone's pitch, you know, sometimes they don't have to be super, super famous. You know, if they're a kind of an obscure person or, you know, even whoever it is, when we pitch it as a team, someone in the team might have a connection to them and go, oh, you know what? My mum taught them at school. That could, that could be a funny link that when we're talking to them that comes up and we have, a, you know, a piece of content around that. So there's nothing particular we're looking for. Yeah, just someone that's, you know, that is going to have fun and, and play around rather than just be a salesperson, I think. I unfortunately don't have access to Channing Tatum, but I'll let you know if that changes. If you get him, put us down as a yes. I'll be interviewing him for days. <laughs> of course. One thing I do love to ask people in the media is there is this kind of divide around influencers and whether they are relevant as talent. Would you say that you have a, a blanket rule, no influencers, or you're totally open to, I guess, this newer age talent? Yeah, I think it was. it's weird because I think in the past there was that 
sort of vibe for a while, I think, where influence was like, uh, I don't know, like, you're not really that famous, you know. But these days, like, I know for a, for a while back, our show was always sort of scoffing at TikTok and like, oh, he's another, you know, digital thing to mouth to feed. But the amount of content that we're finding on TikTok just, you know, it could be just one video of TikTok that turns into a phone topic on our show, you know. So I, I think it's really sort of changed over and, and influencers kind of blended as celebrities now. And, like, you know, you're, most of these influencers have probably been on a reality show at some point as well. So there is, for our listeners, I think, especially in radio and audio platforms, it's good to have a visual reference. So if it is an influencer, maybe it is someone that's been seen on TV or, you know, you know them from that video that, blah, 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 you know, that, that people can sort of visualise in their minds. But no, we're not against having influencers. We do have fun influencers expense sometimes on the show, but, you know, it's all in good fun because we understand that, you know, we don't like to be a, a mean show, but sometimes it's fun just to go, well, you know, it's first world problems sometimes, people, influencers complaining. Yeah, I, oh, there's been a, quite a lot of that during lockdown as well, so... There certainly has. And do you have any advice for PRs who are new to working with radio? I would say, I don't like giving homework, but just listen to a little bit of the show or even just have a quick check. Like I haven't still, and I know sometimes it's just maybe a copy and paste and I've probably done it myself, but um, I got an, an email from a um, PR company today pitching to Fifi Vevan Byron, which was what the show was last year. And we're now Fifi Vevan Nick. And I understand like, you know, shows change and people move in and out, but it's been, what we now September I'm like oh it's nine months in just have a quick look at our Instagram or Facebook or website or podcast and go oh no that's the show so and it could be a simple mistake but you know I think um, sometimes people will pitch something that is something we'll never have on our show as well you know if, if you know the show and you've heard one or two episodes or you know half an hour of it you go oh they wouldn't have that on their show so sort of just doing your research I think with if you're a Melbourne you know, a local Melbourne company, just sort of listening around to a few of the, the shows and seeing and having a flick through their the show's page or even their host Instagram and going, you know, Fifi's obviously got a lot of kid content with her, her kids and, you know, she's a Bulldog supporter and just sort of getting to know who the shows you're pitching to, whether it's radio or TV. I think that goes a long way, definitely. I think that's great advice. And yeah, people just need to take a little bit of time to do their research, listen to the show before you pitch. Because like you said, all the shows are so different as well that, you know, some clients and talent will work on different networks, different shows. So yeah, I don't want them to listen to it. They don't have to listen to it. I'd love them to listen to it every day. But you know, just if it's every couple of months, just having a look around and looking at what the what the shows are and how they work maybe and just keeping across them I think really helps yeah yeah definitely thank you for that and do you have any career highlights that you could share with us career highlights oh one of my favorite things we've done on in this show was Feb's Barley Bucks which is just the idea I think in our show you know we like to do prizes but we're very good at doing a next level competition or you know experiences where it's something that you can win but it's once in a lifetime so I think this was the perfect one of a lot of our you know, listeners love Feb. He's, you know, he's a Melbourne celebrity. People love him. And famously married, divorced, back together, engaged, but never married again. So we wanted to sort of have a competition and, and do a Bucks party for Feb. And we thought, oh, we'll do like a, a bar crawl somewhere in the city and listeners can come along and it'll be wild and blah, blah, blah. And then we tried the next level and thought maybe we take it to the Gold Coast because that's where all good you know, Bucks parties go. And then uh, we got involved with a great company called Barley Bible. And they were like, well, why don't you take it to to Bali and we were like oh absolutely so it 
it ended up just being this trip that was so hot and every sort of everyone in Melbourne wanted it just because not only was it a trip to Bali, but you got to go on this, you know, once in a lifetime event with Brenda Favola and Fifi. And yeah, so that was a wild, wild week in Indonesia. Um, I think the time zones were, were tough. So we were two hours earlier or something or an hour earlier. So we were doing the show from like four till 7am technically in Melbourne time. Um, and then off recording content during the day and, um, and the Bucks party itself was very wild. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, but all the listeners had such a great time. Um, and they're still regular calls of the show and you still know them, the ones there from that trip. And yeah, I think that was one of my favorites cause it was so insane. I didn't sleep pretty much that whole week cause it was so busy, but it was just a really great, great week of radio. That is such a cool concept. And as a publicist, my head's turning. Like if you pitch something at the right time, you could make this like little idea and turn it into this huge, amazing competition that is a really like once in a lifetime content opportunity. Totally. And I think we actually had it planned for this year, uh, Boxy's Big Night, which was uh, because Fifi hasn't had a night out since, well, before her first child. So probably seven years since she's had a sort of night out in the booze and never goes out. She's always like a hermit. She'll smoke bomb 10 minutes into a party. And so we had it all lined up. She wanted to do an all-nighter on the Gold Coast. And again, it was going to be somewhere in Melbourne, but we thought, let's do it next level. We can't go overseas. Let's go to the Gold Coast. And COVID happened. So we have all our winners ready to go. But that was supposed to happen in July, I think it was, or June. So look, once we can get, I'm sure we'll still do Boxy's Big Night. She's very keen to go out now. So um, again, those sort of ideas, like where you can, the listeners are excited, not only to go out on a trip, but also to hang out with our guys. You know, it's it's great fun. Yeah, I I love that. And it gets the listeners involved as well. So it always just like... Totally. Yeah, it just creates such like an engaging content piece. So I love that. And in terms of the radio industry, do you have any advice for anyone who's listening along and wants to get into the radio industry? Yeah, I think there's a few different things you can do. I think um, community radio is where I started. So I'll always attribute that because the people there are all very like-minded. And I think networking and making friends in the sort of industries or that want to get into that industry is a really important tool to get into radio because through community radio a lot of the people were sort of doing you know other radio shows or doing tv shows or you know started off working at at the radio stations and i think through that i was lucky that's how i got my my job at fox fm um and i'm also very open to you know people reaching out to me and looking for advice and mentoring and stuff like that which I, i do a lot of that with radio people so i think that's definitely a big one community radio which most cities have those i think you can find them around but also there's a few courses radio i did uh, a university degree in commercial radio which i don't think is happening anymore through swinburne uh, but i know there's a lot of places like afters uh, that do radio courses and, and podcasting as well and again meeting those sort of people and you'd you never know. So it's, it's a great way through networking and contacts, I think, to, to get those jobs. And you did touch on podcasting. Do you see that where the industry is going or do you think there will always be that place and space for radio and traditional radio shows? Yeah, I've always thought radio is probably going to uh, stay around for a while. Like it's always, it's so immediate and I like, I'm a huge podcasting fan. I podcast a lot, but if I'm in my car or it's the morning or in the afternoon as well, like I'll 
always flick the radio on just because I know it's happening then and there. There's something about just live radio that you can literally, you know, I think with TV, it's a bit more harder to, if something, if there's something breaking news, you probably have to get something visual there or find out more information. But radio is a very, you know, easy way. We can get someone on the phone, on Twitter, anything like that. It's a, it's such an immediate one. So I think podcasting is a huge branch of our company now as well with Listener, um, the Listener app with heaps of new shows coming out, which is great. And I think it's going side and side, you know, you can podcast our show as well. And we do little bits of extra pieces of extra content on our podcast just to make sure people are serviced on that side as well. But yeah, I think it, radio will, will be around forever. I think podcasting is just that extra cherry on the top. And also, you know, there'll be some extra shows you can get as well. Yeah. And I think it, I don't know the stats on top of my head, but there actually has been increased listenership during COVID because people are craving that connection. So radio actually has kind of proven its place yet again, I think. Yeah, especially with like Google Homes and Alexas and just streaming on your phone as well. I do know a lot, our listening um, went up heaps during lockdown because I felt like there's less cars on the road, which is when people listen. But I think we saw a lot more listeners tuning in a little bit later because they didn't have to commute, but they were streaming through, um, you know, streaming services. So I think it's always, yeah, people want that connection, I think. Yeah, it's really interesting how COVID has kind of shaped the media industry in so many ways. Yeah, it was scary at first, uh, but I think everyone's sort of settling into it and we can see the light of the tunnel now, I think, hopefully. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Look, I'm sure. We'll be fine. You can't really think of any other option, to be honest. You just have to go ahead. I know, exactly. Look, we'll just, we. I think we're very adaptable people. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think about a year ago that I didn't even know how to do half these things from home and now we're, we're all doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've got one last radio question specifically and then I'd, I want to ask a few questions about publicists and your relationships with them. But can you tell me about this five-second delay and how it works if something goes wrong on air? And do you have to use it very often? Oh, we haven't used it in a while, I think. So it's, it's varying as well. There are different stations and shows that have more, I think, Kyle and Jack in Sydney famously have, I think it's a 30 second delay, but they also have a live sensor where their job is to sit there and, and make sure they make the decisions on what they sensor. Um, and that's because it's a bit of a looser show. I think we're quite polite and I think um, we'll have to, it's usually a caller we'll dump. But the way it works is when we're on air, it's sort of, we start talking 10 seconds in delay. So there is a delay that sort of delays the audio and slows it down. Technically, there's the weird technical behind it, but essentially it's, you know, we're 10 seconds behind. And if anything happens, for example, example, a caller drops the F-bomb, we press the button, the dump button, and uh, the listeners will hear just a bit of audio and then it sort of sinks back to us. So you'll know that, you know, something's happened where the, in the last 10 seconds, someone has swore, but then once we've dumped it, we're back 100% live. So there's no way to to dump it again. You've got to, you've got to go to a song or an ad break to sort of make up that time to get in delay again. Um, so once we've hit the dump button, I never take any more calls because... If someone gets on and swears again, we can't, <laughs> we can't, we can't dump that. Yeah, we've been, we've been pretty good. I think listeners are usually, it's like an accidental F-bomb. They don't know they're saying it. A host, Fifi accidentally spelt out, she was talking about French Connection UK and she spelt it out F-U-C-K and then realised she just spelt out the word recently. <laughs> and then she panicked and said, dump, dump, dump. But we didn't dump it because I'm like, no, nah, that's fine. You just spelt it and it was an accident. Like, you know, it's, I think it's when you, you hear the actual word, you're like, oh, quick, dump it dump it. <laughs> so is it every like producer's job to be like, dump 
dump it? Like, or do you have someone specific who does it? We've got our anchor and panel up, Josiah, and I'll sort of, you'll you'll know, I would stand up and wave around crazily. You know, I'll probably do the hand across my neck going dump. Uh, but everyone sort of knows and we make a call, at, you know, with that 10 seconds, we've got 10 seconds to make the call if we can dump it. And... Yeah, it's usually pretty obvious when, when we're going to dump it. That's so interesting. You learn something new every day. I love it. It actually is a shiny red button, which is, you know, it feels like a, you know, you're launching a missile almost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that it's on theme for what it's doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would love to know, what is your preferred way to work with a publicist? Probably starting off with an email. I like to absorb the information first and everyone's every other producer is probably different, but getting an email that's not, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs, you know, just a few sort of things of what, what they're getting across. Cause usually as well, I would like to take it to the team and throw around some ideas and go, Hey, is this something we want to cover? Or, you know, should we take this guest or whatever? And then, you know, back and forth with email. But if it's something a bit more detailed or if it's a guest coming in, I'd usually take a phone call and sort of work out the best way to do it. And if it's giveaways as well, we've got a promotion, a whole other promotions team that sort of keep track of our promotion so we don't overload it with who our show sponsor is or what giveaways we've got so sometimes it'll be an email to me and i'll tee, tee up the um pr with our promotions and they'll see if there's room and space and then circle back around and then we'll sort of go great let's what throw some ideas and what we can do so i think email is always the first one because it's just with our show and our, our schedules we're all over the shop sometimes and you know sometimes i'll be in meetings till 10 30 and I'll, I'll be like i just need to go have a coffee again or <laughs> go for a walk to get some fresh air or whatever so it's good to have the, the emails at your own time and then go, all right, let's, you know, smash through them now and, and get back to them and work at the best plan. Okay, great. And in terms of PR pet hates, you already did mention if someone refers to the show as what it used to be, an old version of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pet hate. Like it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world and mistakes happen. But sometimes when you go, oh, just, you know, just I've had people pitch, you know, hey, hey, Leon, I just want to see if this person would be interested to come on Fitzy and Whipper. And I'm like, I, I've never worked at Nova. <laughs> but I understand, you know, it is a copy and paste and probably sending it to a few different people. But there are genuine people, I think, that maybe send that without not knowing what the show is or, or what the show does. Well, if it makes you feel any better, whenever a publicist makes a mistake like that, I can tell you that their heart breaks a teeny little bit. Oh, I've... I've done those mistakes the same backwards as well. Like, I'm, you know, it absolutely happens all the time. But I know there's sometimes they're mistakes, but sometimes I know they don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think referring to a, a competitor show is probably not the best way to start the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have any tips on how, how a publicist should be looking to build a relationship with someone like you? You know, it's interesting. I think we've done this as well is social media like Instagram is a great way because, you know, I'm terrible with names and faces. But then I'm, you know, a few Melbourne publicists or just any sort of publicists uh, on social media, Twitter or Instagram. I usually follow them because when you see them a few times, you, you go, oh, that's, you know, Marissa. Like, you know, you get to know who they are. So then when you're emailing back and forth, you have a visual. <laughs> it's for me, that's the thing I, I do, I think, just because because I've got that face blindness where I forget people's names and faces. So I think that's a great way to sort of connect and, you know, maybe if they, they come in to the new in the market or new in the job, I'm always happy to catch up and have a coffee and talk through the show if they don't know how it works or if they have questions about the show and they can talk about sort of the products or, or brands they work with. Always happy to do that if they reach out as well. So yeah, I think that's a good way to do it as well. 
I love the Instagram tip. I feel like Instagram is the new LinkedIn. You need it for networking. Oh, it is. I never look at LinkedIn anymore. I'm like Instagram is, is, I feel like it's a better place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a confession though. I did follow you because you're the DJ at my favorite bar. Oh, do you go to the lame, you go to the lame duck? Uh, yes. I always say that it's like my Disneyland. It's like the happiest place on earth. It actually is. It is um, it is my friend's bar. It's a 70s and 80s themed nightclub bar in um, Fitzroy. And it's, uh, yeah, I DJ there. And I'm, I have to say that I'm not a proper DJ. I'm I'm an amateur, but, you know, I don't know really how to mix properly. I'm learning on the job, but I, I just have fun when I'm there. And it's, yeah, it's it's a great place to be. And I can't wait for dance floors to open up again. Oh, I know, I know. And do you think, like, with recent times, and I guess you have already touched on this with social media, have you seen there be this evolution between the relationship between producers and publicists? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. As I, as I mentioned, like, I'm, I'm friends with a few publicists and, and people on Instagram and Twitter and stuff and sort of again it's just forming that bit of a closer connection because we get so many emails as a producer and so many pitches and stuff and I think when you have a pitch come through from someone that you identify with or know you're emailing back because you know who they are as a friend or acquaintance and you know it it feels a bit more of a closer connection rather than I don't know who this is but sure okay thank you (laughs) writing the emails back so I think yeah I think there definitely is a bit more of a closer connection like that these days you know especially in the We don't have events or parties or, you know, those sort of things that you usually mingle at those. But I think this is an easier way, even without those events, to to get to know a publicist and and, um, have that connection. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really sad because this is near the end of our conversation and I've had so much fun talking to you. But I have a few quick fire questions for you if you are ready. Absolutely. Okay. Firstly, email or phone call? Uh, yeah, I reckon email. Coffee or wine? I'm not a wine drinker, so I'd say beer probably. <laughs> but but with breakfast hours, coffee is probably more. I need coffee more in my life. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair answer. Uh, digital or traditional media? So that could be print or broadcast. Oh, uh, I do like, I'm a sucker for like old school still. Like I love getting the newspaper on the weekend. Just being able to sort of flip through and see everything there. But then obviously like, you know, digital's got a lot more stuff that keeps me entertained, you know, with my short attention span. So (laughs) I would probably say digital more so. Good answer. I didn't... But not completely. I like traditional as well. (laughs) I like all media. Unbiased here. Instagram, Facebook or TikTok? I've kind of gotten over Facebook. Like I'll flick through it every now and then and it's good for content ideas, but I'm definitely more of an Instagram person now. I did in lockdown get a little addicted to TikTok because it's just great to scroll and waste time. Um, Um, but I'm not doing any TikTok dances. So I'd say Instagram. I go through this vicious cycle with TikTok that I make one video, put my account on public for like two days and then realise it's really embarrassing and then go back on private. I feel TikTok's very judgy. It's it's a bit too judgy and, yeah, like, and everyone on TikTok's so hot and I'm like, oh, no, I'll I'll stick to Instagram. So hot and so young, it makes me feel very old. Yes, and young. That's what it is. It makes me feel old. That's what it is. And then last question, press release, personalised pitch or both? I think both, yeah. I think personalised pitches, oh, actually, personalised pitches are good. But I do like a press release just because it's got, you know, the information and you know everything's there. So I'd be happy with both because it is good to get a sort of personalised pitch. Okay, we'll, we'll get both to you next time. We'll keep that on our, on our notes. Great. 
as long as it's not too much work. Anyway, thank you, Leon, so much for coming on to the show today. It has been so lovely talking to you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.